welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy Rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock. Pronouns, she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow. Pronouns, she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode... Season six. <laughs> is is it? <laughs> Get your head in the game, Carl. Season seven, episode six. Him. Not to be confused with the Kesha song, Him. H-Y-M. Him. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, what a fun ride. I wasn't expecting to like this episode, but I ended up liking it a lot. This is one of those episodes where I didn't remember that this episode was this episode but the moment it started happening i'm like oh i like that's my thing with season seven is it's like i remember all of the episodes but i don't remember the order especially because some of these episodes like this one are just so episodic right like it's that return to the early season form um and a little bit generic if i'm being honest like this feels like it can slot in anywhere yeah that's true and it's also To me, not feeling like a Buffy episode. I feel like when I'm watching it, when I was watching it, I was like, this just doesn't feel like Buffy to me. Like, it's hilarious. I'm enjoying it. Great moments for some of these characters in the scene. Terrifying moments for some of these characters. But um, I I was was like, this feels like your typical teen rom-com kind of show or movie of that time. Except it's, it's got supernatural elements to it. You know what I mean? Like see, it, just, it, it felt like I was watching One Tree Hill or something. See, it made me think of Buffy because it feels like, you know, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered or something blue. Almost too much, in my opinion. That was my problem with this episode is I'm just kind of like, there's not really anything we haven't seen here before. There are moments in the episode. There are gags that are hilarious. And I'm sure we can talk about that. There's also some uncomfy stuff. Mm. So overall, I just this is another mixed bag episode that I feel is just like par for the course so far. We had that high point at the start of season seven. And then since then, it's just kind of been like, this is fine. I'm here for the fun. I'm here for the lighthearted mm. fun, especially if I anticipate it's going to get real dark real soon. I like what you said about it's feeling like an old episode because they're just like some of the other episodes that we've already covered in this season, there are a lot of callbacks to o- earlier episodes. Be Watch Bothered and Bewildered, obviously, is the most obvious one. It's literally a flashback moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, obviously, we get a callback to The Witch and to Something Blue, as you said. So, like, again, we're calling back to older episodes, so that could bring in the Buffy feeling of it. But there are some things here we've never seen, like the split screen, like the four panels split screen all all the music they're using i think that's what made me feel like it's more of a teeny bopper like am i watching dawson's creek with all the pop music that's playing in the background like it's very teen which it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be because this is a dawn episode and might i add michelle trachtenberg however you pronounce her last name showed the most range she's ever showed like we've seen her mad we've seen her angsty we've seen her happy that we're seeing her nerdy clumsy 
slutty, <laughs> suicidal, uh, sexy, uh, traumatized. We're seeing everything from her this episode. I agree. I do have some complaints about how they handled Don's character in this episode, but we'll get to that. One more shout out for this episode before we get into it. Buffy's bangs are back, but they've grown up. They're no longer baby <sighs> bangs. They are. Thank you. I saw bangs. the bangs. Yeah, I saw the bangs and I felt gaslit. I'm like, has she had these all season? Have I not remarked on these yet? <laughs> I literally had to go back and look at the previous episode to check if I had just missed them because they're so like prominent and noticeable in the first couple of scenes in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is going on? So, when did this happen? When did she chop them off? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. They, they look good. Yes. Um, and I like how she's doing something different. You know, the the thing I'm getting from Buffy in this season is like Buffy is back and she's on her game and her hair is signaling that. And I love it so much. Yeah. Well, she's over her whole, I'm traumatized. So I'm going to cut off all my hair situation. Well, she's back on it. It a year to get over coming back from the dead, right? Like, yeah, naturally, naturally. Uh, so let's get into it. I will say as much as I enjoyed some of the shenanigans of this episode, like I laughed a lot. Um, I cringed a lot too, but the first scenes, Kara, uh, I, I might get a little ranty. I might get a little ranty. In fact, I will get ranty. So here we go. Xander's apartment. <laughs> He's telling Buffy, Donifer, and Spike, Spike is going to live in the small room over there. I know it looks like a closet, but it's a room now. You're not going to touch my food. I get the first shower in the morning. And if I use up all the hot water, that's your tough nougats. And he tells Buffy that he hates this plan. And Spike is still standing in the hall. Buffy's like, Xander, you have to invite him in. So Xander says, is there something more empathic than hate? Can I revile the plan? Fine. I invite you in, Nimrod. And Spike walks in and says, I don't want your sodding food anyway. And Xander says to Buffy, I don't understand when his problems became your problems, more specifically mine. And Buffy says the school basement is making him crazy. We can't just leave him there. Xander says, why not? Why crazy not? basement guy. <laughs> crazy basement guy is better than stalking Buffy guy. So... I don't know if we want to start and stop all of those conversation, Kara. Sometimes we no, do. I think, I think we have to stop here. Steph, <sighs> am I? This is a really strange feeling. Am I agreeing with Xander Harris? I am going to puke in my mouth a little bit when I say it. But I agree with Xander so much in a lot of this like, episode. Not all of it, but a lot of it. What's the opposite of shut the fuck up, Xander? Like, go off, Xander? Like, yeah. He's right. Xander Continue, Harris is Xander. Right. He's absolutely right. So what's happening here is Buffy is getting Xander to allow Spike to live with him because Spike is insane and somehow that's Buffy's problem. And that's exactly what Xander calls out here. He's saying it. I don't understand why this is your problem. <laughs> can we can we role play this for a moment? I'm going to be Buffy and you can be Xander, okay? Great, great. Hey, Xander, what's up? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just building a shelf. What can I help you with? So can you let Spike be your roomie again? Why? Because he's living in the basement. He's kind of crazy and I, I need to deal with that. So? Well, he, he obviously can't stay at my house because that'd be super fucking creepy. So he's your problem now. I guess. Come on over. <laughs> like, what? Like, okay. Great. Thanks, Xander. <laughs> that... that uh, like, I, <laughs> I'm literally speechless. So it takes something, I suppose, to make us sympathize with Xander, but also see him as being a really good friend here because it's possible that he's doing this knowing that if he does it, Buffy will allow Spike 
into her basement. So maybe he's just like, this is preventative. Oh, that is a very good point. It's a good point mm-hmm. that literally annoys me. <laughs> but like if Xander, if we're ever going to say that Xander can be a good friend, he can be a good guy once in a while. This is an example of it because the only way that I can see him agreeing to this plan is if he's doing it for the benefit of Buffy and Dawn because he's been dad to Buffy and Dawn all season. So I can give this to him. And literally what is going on when, when he is the only person that says what you and I have been saying for weeks now, Kara, it's why is this your problem? And therefore, why is it mine? (laughs) So Oh, okay. So the ranting has already begun. I love it. So uh, Xander says, why not? As in like, so yeah, crazy basement guy is better than stalking Buffy guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dawn says, it's true. Oh, Dawn, you're so right as well. She says, you guys aren't starting up again with the whole, and Buffy's like, no, thousand galleons of no, things are different now. He has a soul. And Xander says, I'm sure that will be a real comfort when he soulfully attacks you again. <laughs> nice. Don says, what does that mean exactly that Spike has soul having? And Buffy says, I don't know, but he's been through a lot and nobody's attacking anyone. And Spike grabs Buffy's arm and she flinches. She, she flinches away from him. He says, sorry. Buffy says, no, it's me. <laughs> Car- Car- <laughs> Ooh, ooh. Spike says, I'll go. This can't work. Buffy says, it already is, okay? You've been out of the basement for half an hour and you've already stopped talking to invisible people. Spike says, bollocks. Buffy says, okay, there was that one episode in the car. And Spike says, no, bollocks to the whole thing. I don't need your molly coddling. Buffy says, it's not coddling. Now go to your closet. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, so, so that last line is legit funny. I will say that. Oh yeah. Go to your closet <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I was so confused when I started this episode. I thought that there was an error with my DVD rip because sometimes there are. I almost dug out my DVDs from my basement because it felt like we were starting in media res. Like we were in the middle of this episode. Yes. I had a check that I still had 42 minutes left in the episode. Like what is going on here? This oh. is the scene. has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It's just there to establish progression in terms of Spike's living situation, which is fine, but it's just, it's, it's just so odd that they were just like, yeah, just, just put it at the start of this episode. Like, okay. But, and I have such a rant after the next half of this starter (laughs) scene, but what I want to say about what you just said is you feel like you have to play catch up because the last scene that we saw Buffy and Spike having was him being insane in the basement and saying, I have nowhere else to go. And Buffy was very uh, like annoyed with him. So, so for her to all of a sudden be like, let me um, find a place for you to live. And you guys, he's different now. You guys, like he's been through a lot. Like I just, there's nothing in between there. You know what I mean? So, so let's keep going because there's, I have more to say about that in a bit, but to go to end off this scene in Xander's apartment. Why Xander? Again, I wonder if the season, if the writers are just trying to jump back to season four, Spike. Remember like when he stayed with Xander and it was really funny? Except the difference here is that Spike is no longer hostage, right? Like so much has happened between season four and now that this doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense for Xander to agree to take him on other than what you and I speculated already. Yeah. So we cut to the football field the next day. Don and Buffy are having lunch together on the uh, bleachers while the boys are practicing. And I think that's really cute that they're having lunch together. Uh, my question here, Kara, and a question that I brought up again later in the episode, where are Don's friends? 
Like, why can't Dawn keep friends? She had Melinda. She had Janice. She had Mike from Help. She had uh, Kit and that smoking guy from Lessons. Uh, she She's like, we've seen her make a couple of friends throughout the last couple seasons, but she never has any. Like, where are they? This is part of a larger problem I have with this episode that I wasn't prepared to get into just yet. But yeah, this episode is supposedly a Dawn episode, as you said earlier. Dawn doesn't have agency in this episode, and this is not an episode that really advances Dawn's character that much, and that's the issue I have with it. We're getting a sense from this episode in the last few that Dawn is lonely in high school, right? Right from the beginning of the season where she just kind of falls in with those two other misfits from whom we never hear again. Um, And then, you know, hanging out with Cassie and baby Mitch. And then again, we're not going to hear from baby Mitch again, right? Like Cassie's gone. Like poor, poor Dawn, poor Donifer. Like I'm getting the sense that she's lonely and she's not cool. And we're going to see more of that in this episode. I I would have liked to see the episode explore that and explore how that affects Buffy as Dawn's guardian without the overlay of, of, you know, Dawn acting so out of character. Yeah, I agree. So Dawn says, last night you said you weren't helping Spike out of pity. So what is it? And Buffy says, that's a good question. I don't know what I'm feeling. I think I can't stand him. But then sometimes, and Dawn says, you love him. Buffy says, no, I feel for him. Dawn says, feel what exactly? And Buffy's like, Dawn. And Dawn says, I'm just trying to understand. None of it makes sense. First, you say Spike disgusts you and secretly you two are doing it like bunnies. And then Spike says he'll die for you, but he tries to rape you. And Buffy says, for the record, Spike knew how wrong it was. And that's why he went away. And Dawn says, to get a soul, like that would make him a better man. Xander had a soul when he stood Anya up at the altar. And now he says he still wants her. I just don't think the school basement's the only thing that's making people crazy. And Buffy says, I should go back. You coming with? Dawn says, uh, I don't see why people bother. I mean, you put all this energy into chasing and having and brooding, and I don't understand these relationships. Where you all do insane things? And Buffy says, bye, rant girl. And Dawn says, ranting. She starts ranting about murals as Buffy leaves, but she's cut off because she sees a tall blonde boy put on a Letterman jacket, pour water all over his face, and the theme from Summer Place plays it's like and while dawn gazes entranced she falls off the bench and we cut to credits (sighs) well buffy called dawn rant girl i think i'm rant girl (laughs) she's talking to me uh cara i don't understand these writing choices like they're confusing at best absolutely brutal at worst because they're basically in this one scene, this is just the opening scene, uh, Don and Xander are the voices of reason here. They're asking Buffy the important questions that you and I would be asking ourselves, but also wanting to ask Buffy, which is, why are you making Spike's problems your problems? Do you have feelings for him? And since when? And does having a soul actually make Spike a better person? Because people with souls do shit things all the time, as Don says. So why does having a soul suddenly make Spike non-dangerous to her? Why does it magically erase the rape? So it's interesting, again, that like these are questions that you and I usually just have to ask each other that the episode doesn't address. So it's confusing that the writers decide to put those questions literally in Dawn's mouth and then have Buffy evade them. Have Buffy Mm. not address any of them except to say that she feels something 
like, so I, it's hard. Cause I like that the writers <laughs> gave this conversation gravity by having Xander and Dawn bring it up, right? They're, they're bringing up valid points within the episode yet, despite all of these very valid concerns brought up by Buffy's best friend and sister, they just chose to have Buffy defend her attempted rapist and abuser and then to say that she cares about him in some way. And she's never <laughs> said that before. You know, like, again, this whole season, they've been playing out off that Buffy and Spike had this, like, romance. If only he had a soul the whole time, then they would have fallen in love. Like, that's not what happened. That's not what happened in season five and season six. So I just think that this, it's, it, I'm frustrated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, That's I, it, fair, I'm, yes. It's very frustrating to see all of this happen in season five and six and have it be for nothing if all of a sudden, in this episode, episode six of season seven, Buffy decides that she's been harboring deep feelings for this guy and she's holding on to hope that he could be a little less insane than maybe she could have her boyfriend back. Like, that's outrageous to me. That's completely rewriting the script. Okay, it's but sabotage. I, I don't... It's Buffy sabotage. <sighs> okay. But I don't think that's what they're saying in this scene, right? I agree with some of your criticism here of it feeling really clunky. And clearly the writers are trying to process the events of seeing Red in the end of season six and Buffy's complicated relationship with Spike. And, and putting that into the mouth of Dawn might feel like a strange choice. Counterpoint, though. Counterpoint to your rant, Steph. I actually do really like this scene. Here's why. This is a Dawn episode. So to allow Dawn to interrogate Buffy in this way, it, it, it makes sense to me that Buffy's sister would have these questions because Dawn is confused. She is the audience surrogate here, but she's also confused because she's seeing her older sister make all these dumb decisions about a boy and she doesn't understand. And the fact that Buffy is letting Dawn ask those questions and she's taking Dawn seriously and trying to answer these questions... I really like the dynamic we're seeing here. Um, I also I can appreciate that Buffy doesn't have good answers for Don, because while I'm not going to, to defend Buffy's actions in terms of how she's behaving with Spike right now, I, I understand the fact that sometimes people can't rationally explain the choices they make when it comes to their sexual partnerships to their romantic inclinations. So for Buffy to tell, like, Don's like, I don't get it. He was so terrible to you. Why are you still like, exactly what we were saying. Why is he your problem right now? And Buffy's like, those are all valid points, Don. I can't explain it to you. And, and I've heard that from my friends. I've heard that from, you know, other people in my life when I, because this is me. I am Don. Later on in the scene, Dawn's like, I don't get this whole romance thing right before she's hit with the uh, the whammy. And, and before that happens, before she's smitten by jacket guy, I'm just like, yeah, same girl. Like everything Dawn was saying, you know, is um, everything she says when she says, I don't see why people bother. I'm, you know, all this energy into chasing and having and brooding. I don't understand these relationships where you all do insane things. That's that's me. I am Dawn in that moment. So so maybe I am more sympathetic to this conversation because I have been Dawn in this conversation, asking my friends why they're doing insane things for boys that they're into. I don't think Buffy's saying that she still holds a candle for Spike, right? Like Dawn's literally like, do you love him? And Buffy's like, no. 
but it is complicated. And I think the show would be doing us a disservice if Buffy was just like, yeah, Spike crossed the line and he's dead to me and, you know, not going to deal with him anymore. I would like Buffy to reach a point where she can no longer have Spike in her life. But it is complicated. And I think we have to admit that as much as we don't like it. No, no, I can appreciate that it's complicated. And just like you're saying, I can get in the scene and be like, I appreciate the conversation they're having between sisters. I like that Dawn's asking questions. I like that Buffy's listening. But I still, at the end of the day, think that this is very dangerous writing and frankly, bad writing if you're going to be writing toward some sort of love story, (laughs) right? Because to have Buffy completely dismiss all of the blatant red flags that her loved ones are bringing up to her. Like you and I said it many times last season, Spike's an abuser. Spike kept her in the dark. He manipulated her to keep her isolated and depressed so that he could have sex with her. Like these are things that he was doing. What makes you think that this is a love story? The way that they're building this up to be like, uh, Buffy can't explain it. I have feelings for him. I, I feel for him. And, you know, it's like, why? And since when? And I'm bringing this up because the last couple episodes, remember, they kept saying, Spike's her ex. Like, and she's like, you want to get back together? And these are these are very relationship triggering words. That's why I think that they're leaning into Buffy having feelings for this guy, especially now that he has a soul. And it bothers me. I agree she has feelings for him. I don't think that means she loves him. And I just, I don't see in the text the evidence that this is leading somewhere i do (laughs) i do i don't think they keep bringing it up if it wasn't leading somewhere in your classic teen show tropes that they do here like i i know we've seen this happen before where they drop little hints and i think they're doing it now and i don't like it because again i think that it's bad i don't like it because buffy is saying he's been through a lot like buffy you've been through a lot because of him when Buffy apologizes to Spike, saying that she, like she's the one that overreacted to him grabbing her, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I agree. Oh, I agree with that. Yes, absolutely. yeah. So, so I think I totally hear what you're saying. If you don't see it, then that's fine. Other people might not either. But like I'm seeing the little hints they're giving us here. The fact that in Help, Cassie said like she'll tell you, Spike. She'll tell you one day. Like these are just little hints. But I'm like, you know what? I don't like them. I don't like this. That was a big hit. I agree with that. That was some interesting foreshadowing. Yeah. I'm not Um, making this this up. I'm seeing things. (laughs) I I just think I appreciate that the show is admitting that it's complicated because in the past, it hasn't always done that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that you're like, this is good. And I'm like, this is bad writing. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know that I'd go so far as to say it's good writing. I can, I just, I understand what the writers are doing here. And I I think I'm a little bit more receptive to it being here than you are. Yeah. Again, maybe if we had another episode or more scenes to explain Buffy's thinking on this, because again, last episode, she was just like, Spike, get out of the basement. And now she's like, hmm, I feel for him. Oh, you guys, he's been through enough. This poor poor soul. That inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, I'm feeling whiplash. And that's probably what's sparking my incredulous (laughs) nature at the moment. But like, I just... I just cannot with the fact that that Buffy just dismissed all those red flags to say he's got a soul now. Like, that's not good enough, Buffy. We already talked about that in Seeing Red. It's not good enough. (laughs) So let's get to the rest of the episode. That was my rant. And the rest of this is fun. (laughs) We're now at the credits, everybody. We're now at the opening credits. (laughs) Let the episode begin. Um, Also, we didn't. Did you have an extra, a different name for this episode? 
now that we're out of that and we're into the rest. <laughs> Everyone loves the Letterman. Mm, I like that. Uh, I would call it You Belong With Me. If you could see that I'm the one who understands you. So you know that Dawn was writing those lyrics out in her bedroom. So Buffy's fighting a demon at Anya's apartment as Anya crawls on the floor saying, maybe I'm not even the right Anyanka. Even everything about that? Tons of Anyankas out there. Maybe one of them pissed off this, what, what do you name? What do you say his name was? Dehoffernifer? The many names so- of Dehoffern like the many names of Dawn. <laughs> so Buffy kills the demon and helps Anya up, saying, good thing I stopped by and heard screaming. So I guess Dehoffren decided to take you out after all. And here's the <laughs> So this is interesting. Dehoffren, if he wants to kill Anya, he could, right? He could just do it. But like you said in the last episode, why go for the kill when you can go for the pain? So he's clearly just going to keep sending rando demons <laughs> after her, I guess. Uh, good thing that Buffy was checking up on her. I like that Buffy was. And as much as I was just ranting earlier about like the fuck was Spike, like, why does she care? I do like that the writers are showing that Buffy's spreading the compassion. It's not just Spike; it's also Anya. Like she's obviously checking up on Anya. <laughs> I think it's so interesting that you and I had the same conclusions about this episode, but are seemingly on opposite sides of each scene because I disagree. <laughs> I dislike. That Buffy is suddenly buddy-buddy with Anya again. Anya was just a vengeance demon killing people. She killed, she murdered a whole bunch of Mitches in the last episode. And yes, it got reversed. So, you know, takes these backsies. And once again, right, it's like, oh, because you were once a member of the Scoobies, just free pass, right? It's like, oh, you were evil. I was going to kill you last week, but now I've got bangs, so we're all good again. It's <laughs> just like the, the the whiplash I'm getting, the moral <laughs> whiplash from Buffy Summers. Why are we getting whiplashes in different car crashes, Cara? What's going on? We're in the same car. Um, <laughs> what's happening? I, I think this is a soft blow. I think the fact that we've already dealt with Spike moving him to Xander, this is nothing. Yeah, obviously Buffy's going to visit Anya. Obviously she's going to be like, come on back, because Anya's been a big help to them this season in a lot Anya, of different ways. Willow, Spike, like everybody just gets a free pass in season seven. Xander, you want to murder somebody again? Like <laughs> Buffy time. could not be more compassionate than she ever has right now. She's like, you know what? M- all my friends are murderers. Bring them on. Like everyone belongs we're, in the we're same We're going to find out that principle what is evil in an episode or two, I'm sure. And like Buffy's just going to be like, it's fine. You're cool. <laughs> hey, I hear what you're saying. But yeah, I was like, good for Buffy. <laughs> At least if she's going to be making bad choices, spread it out to everybody, not just your abuser. I also think that as much as she's visiting Anya and saying, you're welcome to like keep hanging out with us if you want, I still think she needs more boundaries with Spike, right? Like she still just needs them. So Anya says, yeah, yeah, he's not the head of vengeance for nothing. Thank you for the generous life-saving. Now, please go away. I don't need anyone's help. Or, okay, I, clearly I do, but I don't want to need anyone's help, to so stop helping. And Buffy says, I get it. After last week, you feel you need to be all renegade and broody, taking yourself out of the loop. And Anya says, I need to figure out who I am. Buffy says, something bad is happening. I don't want my friends out there alone right now, okay? And Anya is touched by that, right? And she says, I guess you guys could use my help. Will's not very good with the practical strategizing unless she's evil. And Dawn, she's not good for anything. (laughs) As mean. Yeah, so I'm curious to see what other people, (laughs) you and I have very different stances on both of these scenes. I'm curious to see how other people will see it. But um, I'm glad that they just found an easy way to be like, Anya, you're still 
you can still hang out with us. It's all good. You should do an Instagram poll where it's like, do you forgive Anya? Oh, great idea. I will. Mm-hmm. Cut to Dawn pacing at the bottom of the stairs of the school. A pop song is playing in the background and she turns the corner and the hot guy from earlier and his friends are all chatting by the lockers. This scene, Kara gave me secondhand embarrassment <laughs> and i hate I that feeling because <laughs> it just right? like this the, this whole subplot i'm I, literally i'm with you on this we oh. agree on this point i'm just like oh, oh it's so brutal okay so so the cheerleader has crushes crutches and she's suggesting that you know there, there's other ways that i can be on the team still and her friend who's like the head cheerleader she's like not to worry we'll find a replacement for you tomorrow and don approaches and she's like hey rj and he's like hey summers and she's like so i was wondering you you had mr guren for english class at your old school right he's like we all did and she says i have him this year and everybody is just quiet and just awkward it's awkward silence it drags on and then dawn literally says what a drag and (laughs) it's even more quiet and then he says i actually kind of like him and dawn says right no i like him It's it's just you know i meant drag in a good fun way and the guy that's with the 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 other friend he's he brings up the tryouts for tomorrow the cheerleading tryouts and he asks if the new girls will jump up and down a lot and the cheerleader says gross a vending machine fell on cheryl and all you can think about is new cheerleaders and (laughs) cara i need to know more about this vending machine falling over like what what happened (laughs) so what i got from that throwaway line was that there is like weird supernatural stuff happening at sunnydale again but because buffy's not a student there anymore and and maybe these are just things that she's investigating that don't get their own episodes that they would have if we were back in season one or two right like the the injury that this cheerleader suffered that wasn't a regular injury there was a supernatural explanation Uh, i'm curious to know what the death count is at this school so far Mm -hmm. um I, i bet there's there's more of these kinds of accidents happening yeah, and I bet Buffy solves them so quick. You know what I mean? Like she, because she's you know a season pro now. Dawn is still there during this whole conversation. She's just standing in the background, staring at RJ. Uh, she says, "I heard someone saying yesterday that we're going to go all the way to the championships this year in football." And RJ says, "We actually have a good shot considering we're a new team." And his friend is like, "Yeah, if you can get us past Highland, we have a good shot." And Audrey says, like, you could do better. You think coach would start you as a quarterback over me? And Don just says, the quarterback is the most important member of the team. He's like the rudder that guides the ship. And they all stare at her. And then RJ's like, right. So he offers the one girl with crutches um, to hold her bag. And then the other cheerleader is like, it's okay. She can do it herself. And he's like, we're on the same team, right? So they leave. Uh, they they leave Don just standing there. And Don's looking after them. And she's like, you're all on the same team. Okay, we'll talk later, guys. It's cool. (laughs) Wow. So awkward. And we cut to pop music playing again. Dawn is digging through boxes in the basement. And then, Kara, we get our next scene. It's cheerleading tryouts. You might remember this scene from season one. From which, yeah. Um, It's it's a little different, and I'll I'll comment on that uh, in the next scene. But in this scene, Buffy is wearing... Oh, sorry. Oh, is she? <laughs> but in this scene, Dawn is wearing Buffy's old Sunnydale High cheerleading uniform. So it's looking a little dated next to the ones, that the, the new ones, and everybody's kind of sniggering, even though it's only been like six years, right? Yeah, like six or seven almost years, a decade, like. yeah. So 
she's being called to the floor and she's clearly not athletic. She's clearly not coordinated. She sees that RJ is sitting in the stands and she starts to say her cheer. <laughs> and it's it's off, like the cadence is off. There's no rhythm, right? Like it just sounds bad. And her yeah. movements are very like not good. <laughs> I can't even yeah. describe them. She's bad. <laughs> yeah. She says, Razorbacks, Razorbacks, we're gonna play. We've got a secret weapon and his name is RJ. <gasps> Hear us cheer. Hear us yell. Listen to what we say. Razorbacks, Razorbacks, go RJ. And she like tries to do a cartwheel and totally wipes out. Um, it is like earlier you were like, this is so cringe. This is the scene where I felt <laughs> an incredible, and I never wanted to be a cheerleader in high school. Uh-huh. None of this is relatable to me, right? I never made a fool of myself in front of, you know, anybody of any gender asking, like expressing interest in them. But I feel for Don and the head cheerleader, AKA baby Cordelia yeah. says, okay, thank you. Very spirited. Oh yeah. It's, it's so cringy. It's uh, it's so bad. But okay, what I want to say though is um, I want to again swoop in and fake Don's death for her, and then you know <laughs> relocate her across else. the country. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, what I want to do. Yeah, that's how bad this is. Uh, she would never live this down. Like I know at the end of the episode, well, spoiler alert, like every you know, oh, this spell's ended. But like this doesn't go away. People don't forget. I would never forget this if I saw it. What I want to do is give props to Michelle Trechenberg once again because you know what. It's probably not easy to act this to act this cringy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like she's pulling it off. She's really pulling off the awkwardness of this character and this scene. So, oh, I love this scene. Don is crying in the bathroom. Buffy's outside the door saying, Donnie, come out, sweetheart. It's not that bad. And Don opens the door. She's like, how would you even know? RJ's never going to notice me now. And Buffy's like, from what you said, I'm sure he's already noticed you. I mean, with the falling and the... <laughs> and Don slams the door in her face and she's... And Buffy's like, spirit, spirit, spirit. She, she said you were spirited, right? And Don shouts, go away. Xander comes up down the hall and says, things a lot better, I see. Buffy says, I don't think tonight's going to be good for video, Zand. And Xander's like, right, with the wailing and the crying. Still, better than a cozy night in with Spike. Shall I order pizza? Dope teens in a snit like pizza? And um, here it is again, Kara. I actually love this for Xander. <laughs> I can't, and I can't even make fun of you this time because I am it's on board. actually so nice. <laughs> is this the best Xander episode we've had since the Zeppo? since ever <laughs> like like right? well i mean let's not you know let's not get too hasty there's stuff coming up but um this for this first half of this episode i've got nothing but nice things to say about him because i love this and later like i say like mom and dad are at you know dawn's door like i think xander is being so supportive here right just he's like i don't care that she's you know freaking out do you guys want pizza like i'm just here to hang because you guys are my family and i think that's really sweet Don opens the door and says, uh, it's not a snit. I finally met him, the guy of my dreams, and I blew it. RJ hates me now. And Buffy notices the shredded cheerleader uniform on the bathroom floor. And she's like, Don, what is that? And Don says, just the end of my life. And she runs to her room. And Car, you know, I'm soaking up 
the teen angst here. Uh, Xander says, remember when she used to have a crush on me? I missed the much cuter cr- me crush. So while Dawn is crying, Buffy and Xander come to the door and Buffy's like, you shredded my outfit. And here's what I mean, like this, this vision of Xander and Buffy at the door as Dawn cries on the bed. I was like, this is like so mom and dad, you know? Again, solidifying the family unit that they've found. Uh, for each other, which I like. So Don says, I was surprised that Spike didn't take it for his shrine last year. <laughs> Just kidding. Don didn't say that. I said that. Don says, I'll buy you a new one. <laughs> so Buffy says, that's not the point. I don't want a new cheerleading outfit. Xander says, well, let's not be too hasty. And then he's like, it's not the right time. Is there a right time for that comment, Xander? But you know what, though? I think it can, if it's not Xander, but like a different friend that isn't pervy all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If that, yes. If that had come from a female friend. Yes. Cool. Hilarious. <sighs> uh, what I will say, though, is again, uh, what is happening? Xander caught himself in his own perviness in this time. So is that progress? Is that is him grow? Is that him growing? Is season is he growing in season seven? Is this growth? Yeah. I, I just suspect that Xander's grown more this season than ever before. So. Buffy sits with Dawn and says, I'm so sorry that you feel this so bad, but in the morning, this won't seem so terrible. You are you don't even know this, RJ. Not really. And Dawn's like, I do know him. I know his soul. And Buffy says, Dawn, really? He wasn't even on your radar yesterday. <laughs> um, Xander says, it's the, it's the jacket. It's true. Something about the big letter on the chest makes girls all swoony and crushy. I saw it all the time in school. You couldn't just pin an old felt letter on your coat and get play. Not that I, tr- not that I tried. Dawn says, it isn't a crush. It's love. I love RJ. And Buffy's like, again, since yesterday, it seems awfully fast. And Dawn's like, you're telling me I don't feel what I feel? <laughs> Classic. Uh, and Buffy says, no, of course not. I believe that you think it's real. It seems real to you. And Dawn says, you know what? Maybe I don't want advice from the dysfunction queen you have no idea how i feel you have no idea what real love is maybe if you did you wouldn't make fun of me this way and buffy's like i'm not making fun of you and dawn's like go just leave me alone Ooh, cara she said like five top 10 teen angst things to say all in like one sentence (laughs) i'm a little disappointed she didn't say get out get out get out (laughs) classic dawn right (laughs) so this scene is so fascinating to me Buffy is definitely having to step into the role of surrogate parent here, right? Not four or five years ago, Joyce would have been consoling Buffy over her boy troubles over, you know, do we not remember the scene in season two where Joyce is comforting Buffy after sleeping with Angel, right? And he lost his soul. Um, So there's an interesting kind of full circle moment here where Buffy has been reluctant to embrace labeling herself as a mom figure to Dawn, right? Like we remember uh, earlier this season, she was so self-conscious about having mom hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this moment, she is acting like a mom. And she's like, she's the one who's being like, it's not that bad. Like it's going to blow over. You know, it's just a silly crush. Like saying all these things that moms say to their daughters when they probably felt those things when they were teenagers. So I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. However, Buffy... You don't really know what it's like because the one difference here between this and the parallels in season one is that Dawn's not popular. Buffy was popular when she got to Sunnydale. She lost some of that cachet because she aligned herself with Xander and Willow instead of getting in with Cordelia. However, like Buffy came to Sunnydale High cool and Buffy 
knew the lingo, the language of cool from her experiences in LA, whereas Dawn doesn't have that foundation. And so I, I felt a little bit like earshot in this moment, Buffy trying to talk to Jonathan and just the way that her, her speech to Jonathan, which I criticized in that recap for being some like coming from this place of privilege. She doesn't really know what it's like. Right. And I feel the same way here. It's like, Buffy, you don't really know what it's like to be so uncool. Because even when you were uncool in Sunnydale High, you were still cool and you knew what it was like to be cool in L.A. And Dawn doesn't have that confidence that you have. Interesting. So I don't see it that way at all. <laughs> we are on different wavelengths. I I just see her telling Dawn, like, slow down. You know what I mean? Like, like she's right. Like, you didn't know him yesterday, so why are you in love now? I, I just see her giving her warnings here, right? Like, it seems a little fast, don't you think? Like, you're feeling a lot no, I, for someone no, you I don't know. No, I agree with that part. Yeah. I agree with that part totally. Okay. But the whole, like, not making the cheerleading squad, like, the way that Dawn is upset about all of that and the way that just kind of the tone that Buffy's having, it's kind of like, like, yes, warn Dawn off the sudden boy crush, but also maybe be sensitive to the fact that this is a bigger deal for Dawn because she lacks the same kind of resilience and armor that right, you had built right. up at this time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. If anything, Buffy should have said, I also didn't make the cheerleading team. She was like fourth string or right? something. <laughs> so that's what she should have said. It's the next day. We're at school. Dawn is doing what she does best. She is dropping eaves. No. She's eavesdropping on RJ. Oh my God. RJ. And RJ's frenemy, shall we say. Uh, they're talking at their lockers and the frenemy, O'Donnell, says that he just talked to coach. And RJ says, I told you, man, all those fumbles in practice, he was going to come down on you. And O'Donnell says, I'm starting on sat on Saturday, which I assume is a good thing in football? Yeah, you definitely want to start. <laughs> I don't know anything about football. Sounds right, though. It's cool. <laughs> you know what? We're we're really good with construction <laughs> commentary, but when it comes to sport commentary, we're just like, who, who knows? <laughs> I'm using context clues here. May as well you speak it's in a foreign thing. language. I did try to watch the, court, the Super Bowl on Sunday this week because Taylor Swift was going to be there. <laughs> I heard she only had 26 seconds of screen time. Everybody's uh, losing their minds by how much screen time she had. Oh, anyway, and you know, you know, they're upset about that. Um, so RJ says, who knew? Fumbling all the time was the key. Ooh, massive burn, dude. You didn't use that one three seconds before. O'Donnell says, it's just time to let someone else have a turn. You knew this was coming. Uh, and then he gives RJ a manly man punch. <laughs> and yep. <laughs> Steph wrote in her notes, O'Donnell... <laughs> follows o'donnell because <laughs> we've called don o'donnell before which is funny <laughs> and she says you can't do this to rj and he says oh it's you nice cheering the other day and she says it isn't fair he worked so hard and o'donnell says what do you care this is how the game is played it's dog eat dog may the best man win and don says but nobody is better than rj and o'donnell stops um at the top of the stairs and he says, that's not really up to you, is it? And Don just pushes him, just <laughs> straight up pushes him down the stairs. I gasped. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, <gasps> I can't believe this. Oh, my God. Oh, but yay. When you push someone down the stairs, where do you go, Kara? You go to the principal's office. I'll be back. Robin Wood is here. 
<laughs> Missed him. Buffy's there as well. Uh, and Don Terrell is telling lies. She's saying it all happened so fast. One minute he was walking and the next he stumbled and then he fell. And Robin's like, well, why would he say that you pushed him down the stairs? And Don says, like, I don't know. Maybe he was just embarrassed. It's hard being clumsy, especially when you're popular and athletic. I, I bet. Okay. Donatella is so good at lying. Yes, we've discussed this before. Buffy yeah. did not inherit Hank Summers' lying gene. <laughs> uh, Don totally did. Oh, like, Don, you might not be as good a cheerleader as Buffy, barely, <laughs> but uh, you can lie like a pro. So so Robin says, to be candid, it, it wouldn't be the first time I caught O'Donnell in a lie. And Buffy's like, it would be nice if the lies did not involve my sister, though. And Robin says, they'll have to call Coach Wheeler and tell him the bad news. Not a conversation I really want to have. Don's like, at least he still has RJ to take over. And Buffy's like, <gasps> and Robin says, I think we have everything we need. Sorry you had to get involved with this, Don. And Don's like, that's okay. I'm just really sorry it happened. She leaves, but Buffy knows. So RJ approaches Don in the hallway and is like, Summers, I heard Wood hauled you into his office about O'Donnell. That sucks, facing the whole Inquisition thing. And Don's like, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. And she cringes herself. She's like, God, it's like I have a disease or something. It was really no big deal. And RJ stops her and says, no, it was. And Don orgasms because he touches her arm. <laughs> well, Steph, be honest. Wouldn't you if RJ touched your arm? RJ's so dreamy, don't you yeah. think? I can't get him out of my head. Right? I mean, he put yeah. that jacket on at the beginning. At first, I was like, that's just a boy. But, like, all of a sudden, he's, he's like, he's like Principal Woodhot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on this. And I don't yeah. normally find people hot, but there's just something about him. I'm just like, I get it now. If he touches Don's arm again, though... I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. She doesn't deserve him. No. He says, I think it's cool that you faced him. Would. And Don says, we just talked. He just wanted me to tell him about the accident. And RJ says, it sucks when these things just happen out of nowhere. And Don's like, right. Out of nowhere. RJ asks Don if he wants to head out with her after practice. And she giggles. So does RJ, sweet, handsome RJ, does RJ know? Does RJ know that Don did that on purpose for him? I have questions about RJ throughout this episode, but... Oh, no, I agree. We need to discuss this. Yeah. It's, RJ's behavior is very fascinating to me. Yeah. It's confusing. I think he does. I, I don't... Hmm. No, actually, no. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it's it... It's hard. Because here's the problem. Yeah. Guys often think that things just happen to them, and they don't think about it because they have male privilege, right? Like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe RJ is thinking he's getting all this shit just because he deserves it because he's a dude and he's reasonably good looking apparently i don't think he knows that the jacket is magic let's put it that way okay yeah 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 so i i i really like that you i think said that's that. clear from later in the episode i think he knows because o'donnell's go o'donnell is going around telling people that don pushed him yes so i think he believes that that's the truth okay. and that is why he's giving don the time of day now but he's seeing it as, oh, she's just obsessed with me, right? Like, just right. like every other girl's obsessed with me. She's looking but out for me. I'm yeah, going to yeah. take advantage of that, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So you think he's just, he's being a gross guy, but not supernaturally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I agree. I, I think we can keep unpacking that as we go. But I do agree. I think RJ doesn't know it's the jacket. 
but he knows that like he was probably promised when he get to high school, wear the jacket, look the part, play the part, and you will be popular. You will have everything given to you, right? And I think he's just kind of like riding that luck train. He thinks it's luck or whatever, or just like a, a natural magnetism. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so uh, cut to the bronze. A band is playing. Buffy, Xander, and Willow are at a table. It's been so long since they've hung out of the bronze. I mean, they went there to stop Anya earlier this season, but like when's the last time they went there to hang out? They're at a table. Xander is complaining about Spike. And then they spot RJ on the dance floor. And Xander seems to know who he is. <laughs> I don't know why Xander would know what this guy looks like or who he is. Uh, but he does. Buffy says, for Willow's sake, that that's the guy who, according to Dawn, is the, quote, smartest, funniest, coolest, hottest, and having the thickest boy eyelashes boy in school, unquote. <laughs> and I, I mean, really she's, love she's that. Correct, right? RJ yeah. is all of those things. Yes, he absolutely has the thickest boy eyelashes. And why I like this quote so much is because it's true. When you have a crush on somebody, you notice every little thing about them. And the fact that he's got long eyelashes, I find most men do. And it's really annoying to me as a Chinese person who doesn't have long eyelashes. That, like, I, Even like my husband, who's full Chinese, I'm like looking at his eyelashes like, why? Why do you get those? So... so- <laughs> Okay, so let me get this straight. So you're saying that when you have a crush on somebody, you like pay extra attention to how they look? Yeah, absolutely. Every little detail. I mean, some people, maybe not. But for me, I'm just like, he did that and his hands. Do you like like, think about their features, like their eyelashes or something when they're not around? Maybe not like for me, not so much eyelashes, but like features that you like about them or that you noticed about them, like maybe like how broad they are or if they're like their height or their lips. I don't, I don't do that. Like I I just, yeah, like I've never. Yeah, but you wouldn't. (laughs) No, but that's the thing is it's like, you know, asking myself like, am I really ace? Like, do I really not get crushes? It's like, no, I don't anatomize people you're a hard ace (laughs) i really am i mean there are people i think i have i think i experience a small degree of aesthetic attraction to people um but i i am very very far on the uh sex averse part of the a spectrum let me kind of explain what i think the difference between a crush is and what like liking or loving somebody would be like a crush is very close to obsession for me (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but for me, when I think of a crush, it's because you don't know that person super well yet. Um, You're initially attracted to them for whatever reason. Maybe you see little details. Maybe you think they're hot. Maybe they said something funny one day and you just, you're like, oh, and you get a little obsessed for a little bit, you know? But the thing is, I find with my crushes throughout my life, the likelihood of me falling out of that crush once I get to know the person a bit better is high, right? So like a crush can, for me, was always something obsessive for a small amount of time but for the most part they they dwindle away so that's that's how i describe a crush but someone else might feel differently yeah so um xander says he doesn't seem so tough willow says check out the fan club and they're referring to someone dancing with rj and a girl is in a very tight mid-drift bearing no sleeve shirt who uh took dancing lessons from faith (laughs) she really did (laughs) And Xander says, daddy like. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is where you're starting to lose me, Xander. (laughs) Xander, you did so well. We can't expect him to hold up the entire episode. Let's get serious. That's true. That's true. We we should be praising him for how long he lasted 
as you need to do for guys. Yes. Um, you should be crazy <laughs> of how long he lasted so far. And then hopefully next episode, he lasts a little bit longer and we're going to train him up. Yes, exactly. It's like to one day, he just, he goes a whole episode without pissing us off. Uh, my God, Xander. Oh my God. Even if this wasn't, as we're going to learn, Donovan Summers, this girl is clearly in high school because RJ is in high school we can only assume that this girl is also young so that is a pervy thing to say and Mm -hmm. also xander didn't you make fun of warren for using the term daddy in seeing red like (laughs) get real and like who like think about your audience here xander like yes willow is also into girls and we can talk about that in a moment but but like you're with buffy like i don't know like Maybe maybe this is just me, Steph, and you could say something different. But if you were hanging out in mixed company and a guy made a comment like that, would that not just kind of be like, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, does that make you uncomfortable? But like, are you just kind of like, I don't need to hear that. Like, it depends. It depends on the context. If it's like a complete joke, hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I would right. probably say it first, if anything. Uh, but the, because it's Xander. It's just like, shut up, Xander. But I would never be hanging out with Xander. <laughs> so, so there you go. Never say never. Okay, that, okay, but then Buffy says, what is that shirt made of? Paint? And Willow is like Buffy. Because Willow catches on to things way before the other Scoopies. We, we've always known this about her. It's consistent for her that she like just knows things first. Buffy continues on. She says, she's like, glad Donnie isn't here to see her precious boyfriend getting all thrusty with some slut bag hussy. And then suddenly... Oh, 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 slut shaming. I know. But like, suddenly, Kara, the slut bag hussy turns around <laughs> and it's Danielle grinding up on rj and buffy is horrified away from rj he's mine uh cara i don't know what you're talking about because he's mine (laughs) i want to grind up on rj yeah i would love to see that i'd love to see you try bitch (laughs) (laughs) so so this show clearly has not progressed past the calling women sluts phase right because we saw this in faith hope and trick the first time they ever met faith she was dancing with a guy and cordelia straight up called her a slut (laughs) so i want to say to the scoobies here if the three of you are sitting around judging high school people for how they dance together it is time to find a new bar might i suggest the (laughs) fishbowl it's just down the alley (laughs) It has never sat right with me that the broads is so permeable when it comes to age limits. <laughs> like it's it's wild. So and also remember when Buffy danced with Xander <laughs> in season two? Lest we forget when she was bad. When she was bad, right? So this is Dawn's when she was bad episode. Xander says, "Oh no, no, D- Daddy, no, no! I wasn't what I was. What I wasn't doing it." And then Willow says, "Right there with you." Fuck off, Willow. Um, that, <sighs> that the implication there is Willow was also lusting yes. after Dot for a moment, and I'm just like, okay. I will say, Xander's perviness is excusable in this moment, in the sense that that is a hilarious retraction from him. I really, <laughs> really like that joke. But so know. <laughs> maybe I'll let this. <laughs> like, like watching Xander's embarrassment is worth it for me. Yeah, because <laughs> he's the but- he is the butt of this joke. Yes. so I'm like, this yes. is acceptable. That's why they put that in his mouth, right? But Willow was just there the whole time. So um, we cut to 
sometime later, not sure how long, maybe the next song, Dom's walking alone toward the bar. <laughs> like, what's going on? Buffy is, <laughs> okay, Buffy says, she's sitting at the bar and she says, do you have plans later or are you just going to go down to the docks and wait for the fleet to come in? <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck, Buffy? Kikara, that is that is slut shaving. That is awful, but it's such a funny line. It is right? such funny. It is so funny. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, I mean, it's such a, it feels like it's such a dated line, though, right? Like, who says that? Sometimes Buffy's quips are like an old man's quips, but like, I fucking love it i think no it's it's awful but it's it's she hilarious from giles she probably did and the, the funny thing about that is that like if like i want to use that for like a girlfriend you know what i mean like not your little sister who needs some I counseling mean, but like, if, like i want to speak to my friends years and you could use it with rosie no 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 that girl is gonna be chained to my home <laughs> i'm already training her i don't bring her outside remember i was telling you cara winter time is for inside <laughs> uh, okay oh my god that was funny so don says what <laughs> so buffy grabs her and says where do i start with the bad first you told me that you're going to go to the library buffy that's on you all right rookie mistake second you do not go, go out on a date without informing me third anna nicole smith thinks you look tacky and Oof, rest in peace anna well. nicole smith rest in peace also Hot is very subjective. I think personally that Dawn is overdone here. I think when young people wear too much makeup and try to look older, youths? It, it, when when youths try to look like adults, <laughs> it's it's never a good look, right? You're youthful for a reason. Wear your youthful makeup. Um, so I think Dawn did go overboard here. Do I think she looks like a whore? No, but um, yeah. too much. It's too much. I hear what you're saying. I, I think something that I thought about um, and I've been thinking about this in general, you know, makeup and stuff. We use so much more makeup than we used to, like even 20 years ago, right? Like the amount of makeup that people who generally wear makeup every day use has increased. Thanks, capitalism. Just like the amount of makeup. And I'm going to say women and girls right now acknowledging they're not the only ones who wear makeup. But in our society, they're the ones who are expected to wear makeup. Back in the early 2000s. Yeah, you'd wear, you know, some makeup like this. But nowadays, right, it's like, okay, it's like you're expected, thanks social media, to have not just your eyes and your lips, but like contour and blush. And, you know, you got to highlight everything and you got to put on like three different types of settings, spray and powder. And like, it's, it's a much more extravagant process now. So Dawn's look, I don't think would be out of place nowadays, but back then, it does look out of place. Like you said, it is too much because it is so much more than what every other teen girl is doing at that point. It's also harsh, though. It's dark, like very dark, clubby makeup. And um, yes. that's well, automatically... I mean, they are in a dark club, so... <laughs> sure. Um, I, <laughs> I like her hair. Her hair is really good. Too curly for me. Um, but what I will say is that in the next couple scenes with her when she's more natural at school and wearing natural makeup, I think she looks gorgeous. So I it just, it's, Hey, it comes down to what you like and what she's comfortable with, but we just know Dawn is trying to make herself look sexy here. And I'm like, you're overboard, Dawn. Also the low rise jeans. Oh, I know. Rest in peace. Like. Everyone's self-confidence. <laughs> like. So 
Don says, well, I think I look hot. And so does RJ. And Buffy's like, oh, I bet he does. Maybe I should go have a little word with him. And Don's like, don't you dare embarrass me in front of him. Buffy says, I don't like this. The boy has you acting crazy. And Don's like, it's my life. I'll do what I want to. <laughs> Classic. Buffy says, I don't think so. Sorry, I'm busy filling up my teen angst bingo card. <laughs> We're going to make bingo tonight, Cara, that's for sure. <laughs> so Buffy says, I don't think so. Don's like, so what? Suddenly your mom now? And Buffy says, I'm glad she's not here to see you like this. Ooh, ooh, that hurts. Uh, Buffy starts to apologize for that. Don says, you can't handle it. You've always been the special one. Hot little Buffy with her boyfriends, the Slayer. And now someone likes you, someone likes me, and you can't stand that I'm getting the attention. And Buffy's like, that is the farthest thing from true. And Don's like, no, it's not. I'm sorry, but I like the way Archie makes me feel. And if you think that makes me a slut or whatever, I don't care. So she tries to walk away. Buffy stops her. She's like, you're not going back out on the dance floor. So sister stare off. Don grabs her jacket and storms out. And I was like, it's good thing her jacket was right there. But what if that wasn't her jacket, Kara? And she's just back to her stealing ways. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. So now Don's walking down an alley uh, next to the trash because the Bronson is in an alleyway. Um, and baby Cordelia steps out of the shadows and says, I know what you're doing, slut. I saw you. I saw you with RJ. So she's watching the same CCTV feed that you and I are watching. <laughs> also, have we reached our slut quota for the episode? Like, are they allowed to just keep saying slut over and over again? There's a cap off at some point. There, there, there's never a cap on calling women sluts on TV. <laughs> Especially not. We got to put women in their place. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. Don should know. <laughs> Don says, so we were just dancing. Baby Cordelia says, you think I'm stupid? You're going to back off now. And Don says, you know what's sad? A girl who can't move on when she's being dumped. Baby Cordelia says, he didn't dump me. And she grabs Don, a fist of Don's hair, and they start to tussle. <laughs> they're on the ground. They're rolling around. And Buffy has to intervene, breaking up the fight. And she says, first with the lap dance, now with the cat fight? Hey, want to get drunk and barf next? Blah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that from season six? Uh, and Don says, let go of me. This isn't finished. And baby Cordelia says, I'll never let you have him, bitch. And she kicks Buffy in the shin and runs away and shouts, RJ is mine. I mean it. Stay away from him. And Buffy says, well, at least someone agrees you shouldn't be dating this guy. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> Way to close it off, Buffy. Um, so the next day at school, Robin, <laughs> Robin and RJ, <laughs> double trouble. Robin is escorting RJ out of his office saying, how about if you tried doing your own homework for a change, all right? No more getting these young, impressionable women to do it for you. Avoid attention, RJ. Sound good? And RJ's like, whatever. And Robin's like, oh, sweet, infectious enthusiasm. And then he goes into his office. I love how RJ doesn't care about respecting authority like isn't that so cool i love aloof boys especially aloof starting quarterbacks <laughs> mm -mm -mm. yeah that scene with both rj and robin in it must have been great for you i'm only <sighs> into rj but yeah i'd give anything to be the chair in the office where they had that meeting <laughs> so 
R- so Boppy stops RJ from leaving and he's like, it's bad enough. I've got that guy riding my back all the time. Now I got to deal with you too. But he's like, I'm actually a bit more formidable than Mr. Wood. You might come to look fondly on his back riding. So she makes him sit and Buffy talk- starts talking to him about the girls, right? Specifically her sister. And RJ says, he didn't. I didn't do anything to your sister. You saw how hot she looked the other night. I think that it proves that she's... And Buffy's like, no, 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 no. No more talkie. <laughs> Look, I know what you got. I know how guys like you work. You turn on the charm. You get whatever you want, no matter who gets in your way, right? And Andre is saying, it's not like that. I just get along really well with girls. And he puts the Letterman jacket on, Kara. And Buffy says, I see how you get along. Oh, look at me. I'm Mr. Quarterback. I crush little girls and all the little their little feelings. All I have to do is, but then Buffy looks at him with his Letterman jacket on. And she's like, lead a team of high school athletes trying their best to do a good job everyone depending on me boy that that is a lot of pressure but it doesn't mean you get to disregard other people's feelings and rj says it's not like i meant to hurt anyone and buffy's like no i know that it's just you're a leader a captain people look up to you and you need to keep in that in mind when you i bet you run a lot huh they work you pretty hard don't they and uh, rj's like yeah and he stands up and says, I guess so. And Buffy says, I get that. I do. I'm there. Or at least I was there when I was still in high school, which was only a couple of years ago, really. I just realized I'm basically the same age as you. (laughs) She's like, I'm not really older at all, actually. I'm just like you, but with the sexual experience. Oh, no. (laughs) And I'm just like, I think I hear what you're saying. And teacher enters the room. Buffy steps out of it. She's like, all right, I'm glad that we had this talk. I think you better get back back to get back to class so oh. rj leaves and then that summer plays music <laughs> starts playing and he slow walks out of the room as buffy giggles <laughs> so here's where my questions about rj and this jacket came along you and i kind of already said does he know but in this case when he stood up when like when he starts seeing buffy like come under his spell and he stood up to like stand over her again it's like it seems like he knows but maybe not to the extent, you know. First of all, Steph, I have no idea what you're talking about. RJ is just naturally charismatic. At oh. So uh, secondly, I, I think, that, you know, either way you could see it at this point of, of he knows or he doesn't know. I just I don't want to give RJ that much credit. He's just he's so I, I don't think he sees the the causation. Maybe there's correlation there. Right. Or, or like I think he's just putting the jacket on because he's like, I want to put my jacket on. And then Buffy suddenly starts treating him better. I think if he had kept the jacket off, he probably would have expected the same thing to happen. Okay. 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 So you don't think he's like targeting people? Not with the jacket. I think he thinks it's all him. Okay. And this, but this is why it's like interesting with this jacket because like the girls go nuts for his brother and his dad that we're going to find oh, out we'll later. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and also, just to step outside the bit for one second. It's so fun what we're doing, but let me just step away from her one second. Doesn't RJ remind you of like an Owen kind of guy? Right? Like, is it just not no. Owen? This is a Xander and Angel thing all over again, but now it's you, Steph. He, <laughs> no, he's nothing like Owen. First off, Owen was like a little like mousy, nerdy boy. But so is like, so yeah. is RJ. His brother says it. He was a poet. Well, maybe back then. I don't know. RJ, no, I don't see it. 
Oh, interesting. I see it. I see it. Okay. So Dawn enters the house in the evening and Buffy asks her to, to talk on the couch. So Dawn sits next to her and Buffy's like, I talked to RJ today. He's okay. I think he likes you. And Dawn's like, really? Tell me what he said about me. Every word, including intonation and facial expressions, which is so legit, Kara. It's like, if you're going to tell me what he t- what someone said about me, I want to hear every fucking thing. Indeed. Buffy says he thinks you're funny and pretty and interesting. Didn't have a thing to say against you. But then she looks away and Don's like, yes, he did. I can tell. And Buffy's like, he might have said that you came on a little strong. And Don's like, oh, my God, I'm, a, I'm a, the pushy queen of slept town. Yeah, but it's not a bad thing, Don. <laughs> Don, embrace it. Own it. Uh, Buffy says, to, no, honey, not at all. Lay back a little. Let him go to you. And Don's like, I'm just scared that while I'm laying back, some other girl's going to come in and scoop him up. And Buffy's like, we have the inside info. We know he doesn't like being swept. He likes being the sweeper. Don, you're going to come out the winner with me looking out for you. And Don's like, I guess so. Thank you. And they hug. And Buffy's face is so funny when they hug. I think it's looking that way because Buffy is imagining the same thing that I'm imagining at the end of this scene, which is I'm having a flash forward to a future where Buffy has a daughter and is like a pageant mom (laughs) and is like plotting with the daughter to like win the competition and like get the boy and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like really manipulative. Um, that's what I'm like. Buffy's being manipulative here. Like she yeah. is dissembling, and and whatever is going on here with this magic and stuff is making Buffy good at lying right now. I'm just like, <laughs> anyway. she should, Buffy, if she wants to be a, the better slayer, she should always be a little bit under a love spell because it makes her a good liar. So the next day, Buffy is in a black shirt and plaid skirt, and her eye makeup is a little bit darker, so she's got a sexier look. Her hair is a little bit like tussled like she's 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 got like the slutty teacher kind of look going on here a slutty tutor um she calls rj from his class and leads him to a spare classroom and he says there's no one here and she says there is there's one of you and there's one of me you are the one in math class tell me what this adds up to (laughs) so danielle is in the hallway and she's saying i'm not coming on too strongly if i just look at him (laughs) So she's just like looking through windows into his class. She sees that he's not there. Buffy says, is asking RJ what it's like to lead the football team. And RJ says, there's no time. Nobody gets how much time goes into it. The practice of the games. Buffy's like, I totally get that. I was kind of juggling some stuff when I was in high school too, which was also pretty recent. (laughs) Principal Snyder was always on me. And RJ says, I still say Wood's the worst. You haven't seen that how this guy rides me. Oh, that line, Cara, coming from RJ. See how Principal Wood rides me. <laughs> I wish somebody would just get him off my back. I'll get him off your back, RJ. <laughs> so, you want Principal Wood on your back instead? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so our so Buffy says, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> RJ says, sometimes I didn't do anything wrong. And Buffy, like he says sometimes. Sometimes it's not even me. Uh, Buffy grabs him and starts to kiss him aggressively. And he's like, you're the tear. Nope. No. It's bad. <laughs> and he's like, you're like a teacher. And Buffy's like, not really. I mean, does that bother you? And Archie's like, not so much. And then they make out more. This is so wrong. Like, okay. I mean, we don't have to talk too much about it because it's obviously wrong. And the episode's not saying it's right. So we don't have to criticize the episode. Episode's making fun of it. But I just, I have to say, as a teacher, 
this scene makes me so uncomfy. Like I was on board with the cringe with Dawn earlier in the episode. I was so excited. I was messaging you. I'm like, I'm here for this. We're gonna have a great convo. And then this scene came around and I'm just like, oh no, I don't need this. Like Buffy is violating a position of trust. Presumably RJ is a minor. I don't know. He could technically be 18. That doesn't make it okay. It's just like... So, so Buffy's, so yeah, I, this is bad, obviously. Buffy's not a teacher. She's a guidance counselor, but obviously the same rules apply. I'm just asking just because I'm not in high school. So yes, we never she's have, an adult okay. in the high school. But I just ask because honestly, like I've known people who are in grade 12 who have dated people who are in third or fourth year university, which is what Buffy would be. Right. But they're not in a position of power Mm -hmm. over this person. Like even if they're both adults, right. Mm -hmm. They're not in a position of like, if, if you're like, let's say RJ's 18, right. That doesn't change it. He is a student at the high school, right. It would be the same thing. If Buffy were a coach, it would Mm -hmm. be the same thing. If she was a guidance counselor or a substitute teacher or a custodian, like you are, you're supposed to do a criminal background check, right? Like this is not okay. It is unethical at best in the sense of like, like teachers have gotten in trouble in the past for dating a student after the student has graduated, right? Like it's wrong. And and I know that I don't have to like justify it to you. I know you're not challenging that. No, 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 no. I just wanted to to bring it up. Clarify what's going on here. The issue is not age. Um, The issue is the power imbalance that's inherent in their positions at this institution. Yes, good. Thank you for summarizing that. I just wanted to be very clear (laughs) what that is. So Dawn is looking at every classroom. She finally finds a door that is theirs and sees them making out. Thank God it's just Dawn. Okay, can I just say? I just noticed now that Coldplay, I miss you, is playing in the background. Like this is, again, this is why I got like teenager WB vibes again. Because I was like, this is so classic. So Dawn runs outside crying. Xander is right there. He was waiting for her to come out. He's wearing his construction hat. Says, Dawn, what's wrong? Did the guy in the jacket? And Dawn's like, don't even want to hear his name anymore. And Xander says, I just called him that guy in the jacket. And Dawn's like, that's what I called him in my head before I knew his real name. And Xander's like, okay, you seem extremely perturbed. Maybe I should go get Buffy. And Don's like, no, I never want to see her again. And Xander says, I thought it was the guy in the thing. And Don's like, no, it's about both of them. And she's crying. So Xander, so clearly Don tells Xander where to find her. So Xander barges yeah. into the classroom and he's like, Buffy, I think Don is. <laughs> and it's because Buffy is straddling RJ on the table. Her shirt, she's not topless, but her, her top shirt is undone. I, uh, I need. I need water. I need smelling salts. <laughs> I need a fainted couch. This is so like my problem here is as much as I was feeling the secondhand embarrassment for Dawn earlier, if Buffy were to get caught in this moment, she would be fired and possibly charged. Like this is the problem with this as a gag in this episode. It's it's bad. Like it is so bad. Well, okay, so like just like in Bewitched Bother Bewildered, it's like we can find the hilarity in a love spell. We can find the hilarity in this. It's so but it's funny, but like sure, sure. The but... stakes here are so much higher than they were for anything else in this episode. Exactly. And also, let's not forget, and we can talk about it more later too. Um, Buffy's not consenting to this. This is a spell, right? This is not something that she has chosen to do. She's not putting her career right. 
on the line for this guy because she wants to, she is being coerced by the spell. So you and I brought up back in season two, right? The the idea of mind rape. And we've talked about that many times going throughout season four and five. This is the same thing, right? That this is not Buffy's fault. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Buffy is not um, culpable for what she's doing here. But unfortunately, if anybody other than Xander had discovered her, they wouldn't see it that way. And her, her career would be ruined. Yeah. She'd probably have a criminal record afterwards. Um, and the series would go in a very different direction. Yes, exactly. So um, Buffy's like, Xander, hi, this is RJ. <laughs> And Archie's like, it's called knocking. And Zatter makes a joke about being a hotel. But then he's like, this is a classroom, you chowderhead. Now get off the boy, Buffy. We're going home. <laughs> okay. How do I say this? Isn't Zander kind of a daddy in that moment? <laughs> Daddy-like. <laughs> like, you were the one who, who started calling him dad earlier this episode. This is your fault, Steph. But in yeah. that moment, is 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 there not something very attractive about the way Xander's just taking charge and like, whoa, is whoa, like, get the whoa, fuck out. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know why you're bringing attractive into the conversation. I I don't think <gasps> that's the case. He's in charge in that moment. Yeah, but there's a difference between being dad and being in charge and being daddy like Giles. Like being daddy. No, 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 no. I'm not, no, no. I'm yeah. not suggesting that he's daddy like Giles. Okay, Giles God. is on an entire echelon all his own. What I'm saying is this is the most grown up I have ever seen Xander. I will say that take charge Xander is probably like my favorite kind of Xander, right? Like like this is the Xander that I can get on board with if he was like this the whole time. Yes, of all Amazing. flavors at 31 flavors of Xander Harris, this is the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he's just like, this is nonsense. Buffy, come on. Like he's taking care of Don. He's taking care of Buffy. I like this. This is good. So Don is sobbing. But Don is sobbing on the couch and Buffy is like, Don, please stop crying. Please. Crying isn't going to make his love for me go away. <laughs> so Xander, Willow and Anya are watching this happen. And Xander is like, you're under a love spell. That's what it has to be. And Buffy's like, he's right. You're under a spell. Oh, poor little Donnie. Okay. I fucking love this. This is a callback to something blue. I love when Buffy thinks that everybody else is under the spell except for her. She's like, this well, it must, be, must be a Slayer thing. <laughs> like, when I, I don't get affected. Willow says, they're working on it. It'll be, it'll be better soon. And Anya's like, yes, soon. And neither of you will be in love with this boy. And Buffy's like, he's not a boy. And Don's like, what do you know about our love? It's true and real. This isn't magic. This is my heart. And Anya's like, fine. <laughs> So Xander says, we'll be working. So they they go off to the side and Xander's saying, uh, Willow's saying, I know this feels terrible, but it isn't real. Try to hold on to that. And Buffy's like to Dawn, did you hear that? It isn't real. You're just crazy. <laughs> and Dawn says, it is so real. I love him. You know how I felt like I'd finally found something and you betrayed me. And Buffy's like, I betrayed you? You're the one who constructed this elaborate fantasy about me and my lover. <laughs> and Don gets up and says, "Your lover, your lover." And Willow's trying to deescalate this, and Buffy's like, "I tried to get you to back away." And Don's like, "That's right, you lied to me." And Buffy's like, "Do you want me to tell you that he's in love with me? That your little crush is hopeless?" And Don's like, "It's not a crush. Stop. You're not supposed to do this." And Buffy's like, "Why? Because he's younger than me. I'm extremely youthful and peppy." And, and Don. Oh Don says, because you were the one I trusted. And she runs upstairs and Buffy chases after her. <laughs> it's true. Buffy did break girl code. Yeah, Buffy absolutely did. And it's not just a girl code. It's sisterhood. You know, like, she, so 
Anya says, crazy little lust puppies, aren't they? And Xander says, at least the yelling went away. It was starting to start sound a lot like Christmas morning with my family. And Willow's like, love spells. People forget how dangerous they can be. And Xander's like, hey, been there. Flashback to Bewitch Bothered and Bewildered when him and Cordelia are about to get, like, mauled. <laughs> enjoys his basement uh xander says good times with a fond look on his face <sighs> so he I, was doing really well there well but I, mean, I think the point is he's explaining that he he has not forgotten how dangerous they are because he actually learned his lesson after that episode so then why this the is fond gross. remembrance why is he like mm, good times because the girls aren't really throwing themselves at him these days <laughs> that's true he's uh horny xander is not getting any and I'm fine with that. It's also a funny gag. You know what I mean? Like, it is a funny gag. So Buffy comes in. It's like, she's locked her door. Her uh, The spell has her good and loopy. And they they found um, RJ's information. His name's RJ Brooks. And Buffy look, he's like, is there a picture? And Xander says he knew his brother. He was a big jock at high school, too. A couple years older than them. Used to stick chewing gum in my hair. He's our way in. And Buffy's like, okay, now look for a picture. <laughs> I'm getting serious Buffy bot vibes from Buffy in this scene. She's, just, she's so peppy. She's so bimbo it's like yeah this is this is buffy channeling that buffy bot true and she's so down to have sex with people who program her so there you go <laughs> oh, oh i <laughs> set you up I didn't lest we forget because the show likes to forget yes yes uh, okay so spike and xander are outside a house ringing the doorbell and i will say as much as we were critical of the first scene of this episode I will forgive it if it's pairing Spike and Xander up like this. Because you remember how they were back in season five when they were, um, I forget the episode, but they were having to like chase down all that information about the beast, like glory and stuff. Mm. It was so good. Um, <laughs> Spike and Xander, I love the buddy. Con- like th- there is something about pairing these two problematic men together that kind of like <laughs> cancels out how problematic they are. Yeah, like two negatives make a positive. I think that bringing Spike back to who he was in season four makes a lot of sense because that was peak Spike, right? That's the Spike that we like. Pathetic, angry, <laughs> chipped Spike that's stuck in Xander's basement, stuck hanging out with Xander, doesn't want to be, but he's still helping. And that's the Spike we need. And he's not that Spike here. He's very quiet. Obviously, he's going through his, his soul stuff. But I agree with you. It is nice to see him paired up with Xander. I would take that over him paired up with the women any day. Uh, so Xander's saying, we're dealing with a powerful spell here. We don't yet know what the deal is. So keep an eye out if this guy looks twitchy and don't let him charm you. He had everyone around him practically kissing his ring back in high school. A very intimidating looking man opens the door. Steph says, I didn't find him that intimidating. Oh, I I meant, sorry, that's a typo. I meant to say unintimidating. (laughs) Okay. That's much better. Thank you. (laughs) He's super intimidating, this guy. (laughs) Right? He's wearing like some kind of, is is that a, it's not a double meat palace uniform, but it's like some kind of like track Pizza. He says it's a pizza oven or something. Yeah. I forget the name of the restaurant. So we cut to his couch and they're catching up they've got beers on the table in front of them uh and xander says i know a girl that might be going out with rj and i was wondering and this guy's name is lance lance says you want to know if he's a good guy truth is he's the best following my footsteps you may not know it now but looking at me with a couple of extra pounds but back then i was quite the guy and i have to say 
everything about this scene is hilarious, starting with the fact that Lance clearly does not remember Xander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, therefore, that means he must have let these two random strange men, strange adult men, into his house on the pretext of their asking him about RJ dating, like, his suitability to date women. This is really, like, strange and weird, and Lance is just like, this is fine. Lance just wants buddies to hang out with. Clearly he's a loser and he has no friends. Because <laughs> later in the episode, he's like, yeah, in the, se- in the scene, yes, he's like, coming out with me, right? <laughs> I feel for Lance. Yeah. Lance reminds me a lot of Thunder Bay men of a certain mm. type. You know what I'm talking about, oh, right, Oh, I know. The ones who did the victory lap. And then said at graduation, they would retire to the KB. <laughs> Why do you think I left to find a partner, Cara? <laughs> As you should have, right? That's what my bestie did, and she was correct Slim to do so. pickings. All right. Um, so Xander says, RJ is pretty popular, too. And Lance says, I got to tell you, there was a time when I was worried about RJ. He was into comic books. Gross. <gasps> Model UN. <gasps> geek stuff (laughs) model un is so fun come on (laughs) no offense harris so maybe he does remember xander or maybe it's coming back uh one time i found all this poetry under his bed (gasps) no not poetry turns out he wrote it what can't believe oh no then he what do you call it blossomed which i think is a very interesting word to use after you're calling out your your brother uh, for being too like girly and effeminate, right? It's like, oh, he's blossoming. That's a very <laughs> feminine word. Interesting. Uh, Ripening. Xander's like, <laughs> why did he burst into a flower all of a sudden? And Spike's been looking at photos on the mantle. Um, and he says, hey, you're wearing your brother's jacket in this photo. So Spike has also seen RJ. <laughs> I also, okay, do you notice that Spike turned a little angel ornament around? <laughs> he made it face the other way. Oh. Which is so funny. I did it. So thanks for pointing yeah, that out. Yeah, that's funny. And he also, when Lance said poetry, like, oh, he's with poetry, Spike looks over at him because <laughs> Spike's a poet, obviously. Really, Spike just, clearly William just needed a Letterman jacket. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Lance says, no, dude, he's wearing mine. That jacket was with me all the way through high school. I gave it to him when I graduated. Right before I started over at the pizza bar. I'm in the management program. <laughs> okay, I love so that line. <laughs> Buffy's best life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Remember, Buffy was on the track to be manager at one point? Yeah. <laughs> Xander asks, where did you get the jacket? And Lance says, oh, my dad gave it to me. Made a big deal of it. How he met mom wearing that jacket. She was a former Miss Arkansas. Very hot in her day. What a weird thing to say about your mother. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, you. Oh, my. Okay. And Xander's like, oh, boy, look at the time. That's wonderful. It's getting late. And Xander, uh, Lance is like, oh, you guys don't have to take off if you don't want to. I've got sort of a rumpus room set up in the basement. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear that term again. Uh, it's got air hockey in a mini fridge. We could party. Um, so we hear a woman's voice saying Lance do you have guests down there there's a little box of raisins and you want snacks I love raisins Sanders like oh god we gotta get out of here He's having flashbacks to living in his parents' basement, right? Yeah, and I was going to say, like, Xander, like, he's not really judging Lance here, but he's definitely like, let's get out of here. Um, but it wasn't that long ago, honestly, when Xander was in Lance's position. Right, right but Xander bettered himself. He yeah, became absolutely. a construction worker. He learned how to dig 
And then he learned how to build shelves. And now he's the VP of construction in this section of California, uh, making $300,000 a year. Oh, to be a mediocre white man. <laughs> this is a Xander Harris fan podcast. <laughs> I don't even, I can't even argue with you. It's so true. I apologize to everybody. We've betrayed everyone except those of you who love Xander, which there are some of you who listen to us and you must, this is your day. Your day has come. People are going to refund their coffees that they gave us. (laughs) They're going to be like, fuck, we're going to get canceled. You know what? We can only be honest, okay? This is like, he's doing a good job this episode for the most part. We're being fair and balanced. And fair and balanced was shitting on Xander for six seasons and a bit. And we're finally being balanced. We're only being unbalanced when it comes to Spike (laughs) and Angel, all right? No one said anything about Xander. So... Willow and Anya are still doing research on anti-love spells and the doorbell rings. Willow goes to answer it. I'm wondering if it's Xander. Uh, RJ is at the door. He's like, I'm looking for Buffy, Miss Summers. And Willow knows who he is. So she's like, Buffy's not here. Go away. (laughs) He says, you sure? And Anya comes up and she's like, no Buffy for you. Leave quickly now. And he says, okay. Anya's great in in the rest of this episode. Uh, He says, okay, tell her to call me. So he leaves and Willow's like, man. And Anya says, thank God Buffy and Don were upstairs. If they knew he was here. And then the summer place theme music starts again. Dude. Do, 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 do. And RJ slowly walking away, and they are both now under the spell. Cut to them having an argument where Willow's saying, But you don't even know him. And Hong is like, Yes, I do. I looked into him and I saw his soul. And Willow says, He was walking away, so unless his soul was in his ass. <laughs> and Anya's. I knew you'd laugh at that joke, Steph. Gave him something kind of rare for Willow to swear. <laughs> Good, good, good. So Anya says, AJ is my best friend and my dearest darling. And Willow's like, it's RJ. It's such an Anya mistake to make, too. What you were picking up on was his deep and caring devotion to me. And Buffy and Don come down the stairs asking what's going on. Anya's like, Willow thinks she's in love with my boyfriend, RJ. And Don says, what? No, you two can't do this. And Buffy's like, Willow, you're a gay woman, and he isn't. And Willow says, this isn't about his physical presence. It's about his heart. And Anya says, his physical presence has a penis. (laughs) And Willow says, I can work around it. Don's like, this isn't fair. How can you all be doing this to me? And Buffy's like, let's all calm down. I think I know what this is. Clearly, you've both been affected by the same love spell that got Don. And Don says, this isn't a spell. He owns my heart. And Buffy says, Don, be quiet. We're trying to work this out. We don't need you interfering. (laughs) So Willow says, there's a simple answer to this. Just think about who loves him most. Clearly, I do, since I'm willing to look past the whole orientation thing. And Don backs away. She looks rejected. She just says, I need him. And Anya says, you'll have to do better than that. I'd kill for him. And Willow says, you'd kill for a chocolate bar and Buffy's like no yes kill for him I'm a slayer slayer means kill I'll kill the principal <laughs> and Anya's like hmm that's hard to top and Willow's like yeah well I have skills I can prove my love with magic and Anya's like yeah right what are you gonna do use your magic to turn him into a girl and Willow smiles and Anya's just like damn so they all depart Buffy says, sorry, Donnie, you're never going to get, you're you're never going to get him. And then she leaves and Dawn says, no, never. Wow. 
This is hilarious. Everything about oh. this is hilarious. I love Anya, like, repeatedly just being like, these are much better ideas than I have. Oh, God, do you know how hard it is to write a scene with, like, this four characters talking over each other like this? It's so good. It is, yes. It reminds me a lot of um, an intervention. Remember when Willow and Xander mm. um, are trying to tell Buffy, like, thinking that she they saw her Nobody's having sex with Spike? <laughs> but, like, it's the same kind of dynamic where Buffy's like, him the who what <laughs> but like yes. it's same same um vibe in this so, one so i do have to say um if we can engage for a moment with this whole you know the joke is that willow is gay and therefore it's funny that this spell is affecting her as well mm -hmm. sure i will stipulate that it is hilarious I, I i found it as funny as the next person i think the show missed an opportunity to maybe explore how this spell might affect people of non- you know, straight orientations. Like, obviously, earlier when we were doing this bit that we were both affected by RJ's jacket, like, I was like, yeah, I'm ace, and I still find him hot. But, like, how would an asexual character respond to a, you know, very heteronormative love spell? I think that's an interesting question worth exploring. Obviously, the show is a product of its time and would not have thought to ask that question uh, 25 years ago. But... I just, I, it's it's interesting to me. And then, of course, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to those people who see Willow as bi rather than as um, gay. And, you know, in that sense, it does make sense that there is a part of Willow that finds at least some men attractive. And therefore, you know, the spell could affect her in that way. People bring up from time to time, you know, they send us our hot stakes. We talked about this in, in I think, like our Sunny Mail episode or something like is Willow a lesbian? Is she bi? What labels to use? Um, we don't have to retread that ground. But I, again, like to avoid this idea of bi erasure, I wanted to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, I just I, I need to point out that the whole um, uh, his physical presence has a penis thing is it again, the show is playing that as a joke. Yeah, it's funny. There is an element of transphobia there. And this is maybe just me doing a little PSA for the viewers, um, right? Because people who have a penis is not synonymous with men, right? And there are women who have penises. Uh, although nobody is saying that if you are, uh, if you know, if you identify as lesbian or bi or pan or whatever, um, you know, if you are attracted to women, nobody is saying that you have to be attracted to all women. Um, but there are some, you know, women loving women out there who will be attracted to people who have penises who aren't men. Uh, and I just wanted to throw that out there uh, as kind of an educational thing for any of our listeners who, who weren't already aware of those nuances, right? Where these days, again, the show is a product of its time. These days, I think we need to be very uh, aware of the language that we use when we're talking about this stuff in order to inadvertently, you know, not kind of erase people or put people into boxes that they don't belong in. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that education, Kara. Cut to Willow lighting candles on the bathroom floor. Uh, she's probably spilling more red sand <laughs> everywhere. God, what's the cleanup costs? Like, how much does Buffy spend every month on just, like, cleaning that bathroom? Seriously. And so then the, the show does something very strange. We've yeah. never seen this before. They do a split screen effect. Willow's camera goes to the top left corner of the screen. And there's upbeat 
almost like Mission Impossible kind of like spy music playing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a competition thing. Like Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Um, Buffy in another corner of the screen is driving a car. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> never a good sign. Right? Uh, she's going past a sign that says high school faculty parking lot. Um, and she gets her own little corner of the screen. Cut to Anya at the Sunnydale Bank with a bag. And she's in all black. She has a ski mask. Um, and so we see Buffy take a grenade launcher out of her car. <laughs> yeah. The, like, this has to be the one from Innocence, right? From season two. Like, it has to be. That's a great question. I don't know what's going on You're not going to just throw out the grenade launcher. Clearly, she's going to keep it. And then Dawn's lying down on the train tracks and we hear a horn coming in the distance. <laughs> this is so um, good. And so... Willow is doing her spell. We get sparkly <laughs> glitters, you know, the the, the beginnings of a, a, a sparkly O. Ooh. Xander bursts into the bathroom to stop her. And he says, what the hell are you doing? And Willow says, I'm proving I love RJ most. And Xander's like, well, honey, RJ is a guy. And Willow says, I did notice that. Yeah, that's why I'm doing my spell. Because, you know, he doesn't have to be. I don't have much time before Buffy and Anya and Don have a chance uh, to prove that they love RJ most. And Xander asks, how are they going to do that? <laughs> and Willow says, oh, Buffy's going to kill Principal Wood. <laughs> and Xander's like, fine. Okay, let's start there. And I have to say, from this moment on, Steph, I'm yeah. just like, oh my God, Xander's the viewpoint character here. And I'm loving it. Like, the, it's funny. the exasperation in his voice when yeah. he says fine he's like i'm the one who has to be the adult right now and clean up this mess i'm just like yes xander for once you get a taste of what it's like to be the adult well for dare dare i say that this episode is like xander's the zeppo part two because he does yes. have to save the day but also <laughs> could this be like i think i'm being very generous here but if i'm good to be generous in any up ep any episode towards xander it's this one could this be him making up for bewitched, bothered, and bewildered? Because remember, he didn't face a lot of consequences for that. Giles got pissed at him, sure. But like at the end of the day, he got Cordy back. Buffy apologized to him. We 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 came out of that episode being like, the fuck was that? So maybe this is this is it making up for it. This is him making up for it by cleaning up this uh, love spell had nothing to do with him and helping out here like i we that's me being generous so let's cut okay this scene Prismal this is Wood. the funniest scene in the episode it might be the funniest scene in the whole season so far i would argue that this is like top 10 funniest scene Agreed. in the series like this is I really saw, I good stopped. i had to go back and rewatch <laughs> the scene several times <laughs> it's it's well done and then the fact that like the music in the background it's like doo, 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 doo. like so so principal wood is in his office working late uh clearly he's got the radio on or that's just like you know like ambient music in the background well it's it's like elevator music elevator music right? exactly and it is diegetic you're correct he's listening to this music but it's meant to be incredibly like boring and yeah, bland. mundane yeah he's just like obviously put it on so he can do his work uh but we see in the window behind him that puppy walks up and aims the grenade launcher at him like the bazooka that she killed the judge with she's aiming it at the principal through his window he doesn't notice her because his back is facing the other way and suddenly spike tackles buffy to the ground so we don't see them anymore and then we see buffy tackle him 
and then they're off screen again and then we see him running away with the bazooka and buffy chasing him and briefly robin looks up and he's like huh and he goes back to working like he, and he doesn't look at the window. That's the no. thing. He just he looks up and he just makes it like DB Woodside is acting the hell out of this scene. It is so it must have been so hard, right? Because oh. I don't know if they had like a, a mirror. Even if he did, I don't know if he could have seen what was going on behind the window. They like, probably tell somebody like look up now or something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah somebody must have been cueing him because like yeah. the timing, which is what makes this scene. Whoever came up with this staging idea is a genius and i hope that whoever decided this you know is having a successful career now unless you're joss whedon in which case fuck you (laughs) um they could very easily have had this scene as a confrontation between spike and buffy shot from the exterior of the school um but instead what they did right was by framing (laughs) it this way as it happens in the background while we watch principal wood it's ludicrous it's so it is so and it's so like slapstick right like it's a preppy kind of like like this is the kind of thing i would expect to see from a high school play and it's hilarious and i really hope that james and sarah had so much fun uh, if they were the ones doing that, that it was that probably scene. their sun doubles. Yeah, yeah, like it's you know it's far enough away, but like <laughs> just Spike coming out of nowhere because <laughs> like again, <laughs> this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show at its best. Yeah, because very clearly there's a whole scene we didn't see where now that Willow has clued Xander in on the plan. Xander dispatched Spike being like, you go take care of this. I need to do, you know, find Dawn or Anya or whatever. So he did this. And so Spike's job is I will, you know, stop Buffy from doing something she's going to regret. We don't hear any of that scene. We don't need to. I love how the show, you know, has connected the dots so clearly for us. They've telegraphed it that we cut from Xander being like, let's start there to this scene. And it's just, it's so fun. Like, like, it's, it's so, so funny. good. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> so well done. Like brava, brava. You know, like, right? like it's, it's like, so good. Because it's it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Like we were getting on Spike, you know, and being like Spike's a bad dude and he raped Buffy. And like, but like you said, this is going back to almost like silly season four Spike. I'm like, I'm here for this. No. I'm happy for Spike to to tackle Buffy because now he's saving the day because <laughs> she's out of line. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I was bitching about the writing around Spike and Buffy earlier this episode, but I'm not bitching about Spike this episode because I actually right. think this is fucking hilarious. And if they're going back to true form Spike, season four Spike, I'm here for that any day of the week because this is fucking hilarious. It's yeah. so funny that he tackled her. It's so... And that she, he ran away <laughs> with it. Like, it's and so good. It's no so good. idea how close he came no, to dying. That is, oh, it's so good. So we cut to... Spike is running with that bazooka. <laughs> and she's chasing him and it's so funny because it's so big it's such a silly prop and, and it's, goes, it's, it's the physical comedy i wish there'd be betty hill music like it's just because like it's here we have a vampire with a soul we have yeah. a vampire running from the slayer because he stole her grenade like it's just oh my god it's, people it's, it's, like if beautiful. you haven't watched this episode oh my god go back like chef's kiss scene. 
chef's kiss uh it's it's brilliant it's really good uh so it's buffy's chasing him and they get to the car where willow has been doing the locator spell and buffy's like i got a principal to kill what's going on who are we looking for cut to dawn who's been lying on the tracks uh the car drives up buffy says to willow you realize anya's probably seducing rj as we speak and willow's like my god you think so and buffy's like i wouldn't put it past her she recently she's recently evil you know uh buffy take a look at present company <laughs> everybody except for Xander has been evil recently so <laughs> Willow says Willow says so am I why should I miss out <laughs> so that's why when they notice Dawn and the trains are coming and Buffy is like no so she outruns one train all right okay pause there yeah Buffy fucking Summers outruns a train I love this episode so much. Yes. This, I mean, like I like this episode's so fun. If you get past all the creepiness of it, like what like you said, the uncomfortableness of it, and even like the it's first so scene. Camp. It's so funny. It's just so bizarre. It's everything. Um, so yeah, Buffy outruns the train. She also leaps onto it, jumps over it, like lands on her back, and manages to pull Dawn away just as the other train is about to trample her. And Buffy pulls her up and she's like what are you doing what is this and dawn says it doesn't matter and buffy says what is the plan you're going to steal rj by being trisected and dawn says what am i going to compete with you you're older and hotter and have sex that's rough and kill people i don't have any of that stuff but if i do this then his whole life he'll know that there was someone who loved him so much they'd give up their life and it would be true forever and buffy says dawn no guy is worth your life not ever and dawn says rj is and don't say he isn't because look what you're willing to do and buffy says i would give him to you in a second if i could that's how much you're scaring me dawn says i thought you wanted him for you and dawn buffy's like nah well yeah <laughs> she's like my god that boy is hot sorry i think i might be under a spell here and dawn says i hear ya." i love this is so sweet i love this because this i feel like this is a callback to season five and the whole idea of summer's blood right and like the the bond between Buffy and Dawn because they're sisters, they love each other, they have the same Summer's blood. It's it's not quite strong enough to fully break the spell, but in this moment of extremis, um, it's enough to get through to Buffy and Dawn and allow them to kind of talk around the spell. And I, I love that. Yeah, and I, I like that Like this spell is not as powerful as the one that happened in season two. This spell is obviously more subtle that they can kind of recognize these things um, through talking to each other. What I want to call back to is the gift. And Dawn is saying here, right, if I do this, he'll know that someone loved him enough to give up their life. And that's true forever. Well, where do you think Dawn got that idea? Right. Buffy did that for her. Buffy. I mean, she did it to save the world. But like, really, at the at the essence of it, she did it to save her sister. And that is like a very heartwarming it's also very morbid, but a very heartwarming thought that that's Dawn saw that sacrifice as like the ultimate form of love. So that's what Dawn was going to do in this case, but for RJ. So Xander, okay, this is the, the okay, okay, again, no. Xander and Spike team up. I'm here for it. Give me more. If anybody has fanfic where it's just Xander and Spike like solving crimes or something. Send sure. it to us. Put it, in the, put it in the Discord. I want that. This is funny because Xander and Spike are stalking up the street in downtown Sunnydale. RJ and the girl with the crutches are walking together. And Zan and it's so serious. Even the music is like so serious. And Xander's like, now you're sure you understand the plan? And Spike's like, so seriously. He says, 
I think I got it. Yeah. And you're like, what are they going to do? They run at RJ and Xander kind of like grabs him in the middle as Spike pulls his jacket off him and they just book it. They just run away. And this is so funny because neither RJ has never seen these two guys in his life. So as far as he's concerned, he just got mugged. He just got mugged by two random grown ass men. Like this is the the way they solve the problem. This episode is they just steal the jacket. So funny. To be fair, Jeff, you know they're working with like one brain cell between them. So (laughs) I mean, they're doing their best, right? And this is I can't I can't say anything nicer about Spike than right now, where it's like that's fucking hilarious. It's so funny. So they, they were like. Credit where credit is due. They were successful. There they... was a plan. <laughs> they executed the plan. They did save the day. <laughs> they get the credit. It's also so funny because Spike is basically Xander's sidekick at the moment. And <laughs> that's like so funny. So, okay, cut to the Scoobies burning the jacket in the fireplace. Uh, Xander says, that, my friends, the sound of sweet, sweet victory. Oh, God, he's he's releasing so many toxins into the, into the yeah, atmosphere right he now. He really is. So, so I have a question about this now so so they burn the jacket okay the spell is released what about rj's mom the the beauty queen from arkansas oh i didn't even think about that that is a really good question i got deep in because not only did lance have the jacket in high school clearly no girl stuck around after he let it go but his dad married miss arkansas i i think you are right i think you know if i if if the very specific erotica that i read has taught me anything uh, it is that destroying an object like this does indeed break these spells and therefore yes um rj and lance's mom is like a little box of rays oh what what is going on what the fuck right because this is a fucking now, now we have to go all the way back to like mind rape like this woman lost her life for the past 25 ish years you know yeah i mean it's interesting because clearly the jacket never had the same effect for Lance or his dad that it did for Buffy and Dawn and Anya and Willow, because obviously, like, there was no grenade massacre at Sunnydale High a year or two before Buffy got there. I think they would have mentioned that. So what I'm wondering is, like, what was it that caused this to pop off? Is it the Hellmouth being yeah. so active this year? Well, that's what it is. Because at first I was like, can he target girls? Is that why? Like certain girls and not everybody? Oh, you think he's like ruining, you know, it's too much of a good thing. And he's like pushed the the spell beyond its limits. Maybe. I mean, that's, we don't know. We don't know. I think what you said makes sense. Like he's just getting powered by the Hellmouth because it's a new spot that they're over top of the Hellmouth this year. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, there's so many questions about this coat that we'll never know because they burnt it. So Buffy says, Xander, be honest. You did think about slipping that jacket on just a little bit. And Xander says, I refuse to answer that on the grounds that it doesn't fit. So I think, Kara, you might have a solution for that, no? Yeah. So Xander specifically, I think, was sad that this uh, Sunnydale High Letterman jacket didn't fit. If he went to prophecygirls.ca slash store... Uh, We don't have a Letterman jacket, but we do have a Varsity-inspired version of the Prophecy Girls logo. And you could get that. It's gold. And you can get it on a variety of colors of t-shirt or sweatshirt or hoodie, whatever. Um, I have one that is gold on a bright red. And it's really nice, very comfy shirt. And you, too, can have a little bit of a Varsity High Prophecy Girls experience. And I think that should be what Xander does. 
Uh, that's prophecygirls.ca slash store. Mm, I love it. So Anya says that this tool, this tool got this jacket from his brother who got it from his father and we'll never know where he got it. That bites. Satter's like, welcome to the Hellmouth where even the outerwear isn't safe. So Willow says, I can't believe I almost. And Buffy's like, I can't believe I almost. And Anya says, it's a spell. We were helpless. We're not responsible for anything we did morally or legally. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. And Xander's like, true. You fell for a mystical ancient curse. Who hasn't made that mistake 70 times? <laughs> Fair. So Dawn is sitting sadly on the couch and Buffy goes to her. She's like, you hear that? It's not your fault. And Dawn says, I'm just so, the way I acted, the way I talked to you, I feel so stupid all over the spell. And I was like, fair enough, Dawn. Like I said, people aren't going to forget that cheerleading tryout. They're not. That's awful. <laughs> Dawn needs to change schools. Yeah, Dawn, you need a new life. You need a new name and a new identity stat. So Buffy says, be ready to feel even stupider when it's not. And Willow says, Anya, you never told us what you can't what you can't believe you almost. You can't be the only one not embarrassed. What did you do? Anya just scoffs. She's like, shh, shh, I wrote a poem? An epic poem comparing him to a daisy, a tower, and a lake. And then on the radio we hear, and now the latest on Sunnydale's late night bandit, who is still at large, a masked thief held up a number of, and then Anya turns off the radio quickly and she's like, okay, ice cream, my treat. <laughs> Cut to black. So she robbed multiple banks, yeah. apparently. What did she do with all the money? I think this is so funny because not only would she actually be successful, she would at robbing banks, but like clearly she doesn't have to worry about not having the magic box anymore. She probably got so much money. So who's your hero, Kara? Stephanie Chow. I hate to say it, but it is one of those very rare instances, and this won't surprise anybody who's listened to this episode, Xander is my hero. Mine as well. Let us never speak of it again. <laughs> Deal. Well, so this is one of those recaps where, you know, like, as we said at the start of the episode, I had very mixed feelings. I was like, I don't know how I feel. I enjoyed parts of it. I didn't. It's very uneven. But quite honestly, Steph, this is one of those times where having gone through the episode scene by scene and recapped it with you i love this episode like yeah. i just uh, my opinion of it has improved having had this discussion this is why i love doing this podcast with you. Yeah, i agree with you because I, I knew the first scene threw me when i watched it and i was like i don't know if i get past that but like i did because i really think the rest of the episode is hilarious is it as as tightly scripted and as nicely flowed as same time same place not for me but i do think that it gets massive props for being so funny and original funny with like the split screen and the, the principal wood scene with the window like you can't top that in most episodes so well done overall clap you know Hats off to mm. you, season seven. So far, has been a lot of fun. We got some hot steaks here. We do. The first one is from Leanne, who says uh, some. Th these are both hot steaks about same time, same place. Which I, I just want to point out, we deliberately said <laughs> no hot steaks. Do you, so y'all are not listening to us. You don't us. respect us. <laughs> we said we don't want them. <laughs> here we go. So Leanne wants to point out, and, and several other people I've seen have pointed this out. In I, we got a couple of emails, and I think this was discussed on the Discord. Narl was played by the actor Camden Toy, uh, who has played many uh, monster creatures in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, including the Gentleman from Hush, or one of the Gentlemen, I should say. Obviously, Doug Jones was another one. 
Uh, and he also plays another monster that we're going to see later in this season. No spoilers. Uh, and of course, as many of you are already aware, Camden Toy passed away quite recently, like within the last couple of weeks of us recording this episode. So thank you for pointing that out, Leanne, and everybody else who did. And obviously, you know, RIP Camden Toy, because he was a big part of the success of some of these monsters on Buffy. Yeah, and I know a lot of people did um, point this out to us in messages or in comments as well. So uh, shout out to everybody who wanted us to know uh, this information about Camden. So our our last hot stake is from Wendy, who wanted to also write in about same time, same place. Grr! <laughs> Uh, and it's about Gnarl too. Come on, Wendy. Uh, Wendy is referring to as you were in season six when Xander and Anya are stuck in traffic on their way to the airport to pick up Uncle Rory. Anya is worried that they won't be back in time for the Gnarls who are teleporting teleporting in. So Wendy is saying maybe the Gnarl was a wedding guest who never left. <laughs> I, I mean, it's there in the text. I can't really argue with it. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. How did that work? I, also, why, what did like what did Buffy and Don have recognized Narl? Like, unless Anya really like thought that he would come, but turns out he just went to the cave instead. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did speculate in same time, same place whether or not Anya had turned a previous boyfriend, like not hers, like a client's boyfriend or husband, into a gnarl. So. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, come Please on, you guys. That. We 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 don't ask listeners for much, but we did ask for no hot steaks on some <laughs> same time, same place, and here we are. <laughs> disrespected oh, the, the 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 things we do how much <laughs> we suffer to bring you this podcast everybody um if you would like to reward us for our suffering and encourage us to suffer more um you can do so by donating through buy me a coffee and thank you to everybody who does and if you can't afford to no pressure um or if you if you have supported us in the past and are no longer interested in or able to support us financially that is always fine. But for those of you who currently are supporting us, thank you. Uh, and especially thank you to our chosen ones. Lauren, Kimmy, Christy, Jasmine, Susanna, Reese, Joshua, Luis, Nicola, Julian, Jordan, Kayla, and Holly. Emma, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, Tasha, Ricky, Amy, Rochelle, Laura, and Bahia. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. You can also visit prophecygirls.ca slash store to view all of our merch and rep the podcast on a sweatshirt, mug, sticker, or more. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and Prophecy underscore Girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch. See you next week. 